Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. This is our Q&A series where I answer your questions regarding the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker. Let's get started. This is uh, the chess coach. Good old Julie, the best sibling. Well, there was four of us, three remain, and that's debatable, coach. Okay. But she's, look, Julie's my sister. I love her dearly. She's a great sibling. Okay. At about the 110 mark, and this is a comment on the 100th episode special. So at about the 110 mark, give or take, uh, mentions clients may need to know. So Julie mentions that clients may need to know the PUA potential at a random time. Uh, yeah, that would be good to know. If you own a life insurance policy and you have a PUA, a paid up additions rider, you should know what you have the contractual right to pay into that PUA, paid up additions. So you, you should know what that premium is. And my, my opinion that you should uh, pay that PUA premium up to the MEC limit every year, whatever your contractual limit is or your contractual right is without MECing, you should pay that premium. Okay, but this makes me consider two aspects. One, being the amount in a given year one could add and be under the MEC. Two, being when one practices being a good banker and calls to do a loan repayment, thinking in terms of the amount above the interest, quote unquote, on that loan that could be safely added to the PUA while avoiding mecking the policy. There are a few sweet ways to train the mind to see opportunities to maximize a policy's power that perhaps owners miss. Complete agreement. So, and uh, what he's alluding to and, and directly saying is, you know, there's a you have a contractual limit of premium that can be paid into the paid up additions rider. And so whenever you're making a loan repayment, the quote unquote interest, the additional interest above what the life insurance company is charging you, that is a place to put that quote unquote additional interest. So we're calling it additional interest. It's additional capital to our system and it's premium to the life insurance company. And I would, if I had Nelson's book here, I think that's on page 58, I could be wrong, where he discusses the interest. There's no question that there are a few sweet ways to train the mind to see opportunities. That exercise alone uh, of training your mind to see opportunities, it will serve you well over your whole lifetime. And here, applied to the infinite banking concept, training our mind to see the opportunities where we can maximize the policy's power that perhaps others miss. And the power in a life insurance policy is in the premium. Premium, 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 premium. Right? That's where you can control the outcome. The more premium I pay, I cause future dividends to go up without the dividend scale ever changing. The very powerful when you see that when you when your mind sees that when you experience that and it took me a few years but then you look over your shoulder and it's like what's wrong with this It's too good to be true why isn't everybody else doing this but once you see it you cannot unsee it and it doesn't matter what anybody else says all right thanks coach for listening and commenting i appreciate you and this question and this, I would just, uh, I would think that a financial advisor or agent is asking this question. What is, 
what life insurance company is best for IBC? It's the companies that I represent, right? They're the best. So, but at the end of the day, and I don't promote life insurance companies on this, on, uh, on this channel. I'm married to my wife. I'm not married to a life insurance company. Um, I engage with, represent the companies that I feel that are the very best. And there's multiple reasons that they're the very best. Um, but it's still my opinion and my experience. And of course, everything we do in our life is compared to others and what they do. I get that. But the question here, what life insurance company is the best for IBC? What you want is a well-run mutual life insurance company. What does that mean? Well, you know, they don't play games with their dividends. You know, they don't, they don't invest in things uh, like, you know, Bernie Madoff. They at least make an effort to be transparent on their dividends and they have a good product portfolio and maybe their philosophy is not antagonistic to you, the contract owner, the policy holder to exercise your contractual rights, such as requesting a loan. The short answer is you want a well-run mutual company. And uh, that's really a matter of uh, opinion and research. And then my preference is a, you know, non-direct recognition companies. I mean, there's so much noise out there. I'm going to have to do an in-depth episode on direct and non-direct. And then their philosophy. So, and it's not just uh, every life insurance company that your IMO has to offer. Okay. Just because they're a mutual life insurance company doesn't mean that, you know, they're the best or good for infinite banking concept but at the end of the day right this becoming your own banker is a process right? not a product but if we're going to purchase life insurance it's okay for you to do your homework and to do your research right and that's not just you know a gathering of consensus on the internet okay in this question and this is a question or a statement on laddering life insurance policies episode 20 Okay, great video, very informative. I've often wondered if Mr. Nash laddered or ever stopped paying premiums. By the way, I really like the music choice. Gives an old time, different era feel. Well, thank you for listening, DR, and thank you for your comments, and thank you for your question. No, to my knowledge, Nelson Nash never stopped paying a life insurance premium. He did buy and own uh, 10 pay policies, right? So Nelson purchased an awful lot of life insurance policies prior to the life insurance industry coming up with a paid-up additions rider. So he became an agent in 1964. He bought his first policy whenever he was age 13. Actually, his daddy purchased a policy on him when he was 13. He turned 14, and his daddy said, boy, this is yours. You pay for it. Okay, now think of that. He was born in 1931. All right. So Nelson Nash had paid life insurance premiums for a very long time. Um, you know, he got into the forestry, forestry industry, and then his brother uh, became a life insurance agent, and he purchased his 1959 state farm policy from his brother. And Nelson tells you all of this, right, either in his book or in his 10-hour seminar, which is available now at six and a half. You know, the brakes have been trimmed out. It's been edited down a little bit. But uh, that six-and-a-half-hour DVD video series of Nelson giving his presentation is available at infinitebanking.org and it's also available in our store 
and uh, we'll give you a discount if you call our office and request a discount code. But and my point here is that you should get that. You, the listener, if you have an interest in the infinite banking concept, then you should own and watch more than one time Nelson's six and a half hour presentation. So, no, he never laddered to Paul. He never borrowed from one policy to pay another premium to borrow from that cash value to pay you know another premium no no that's a machination of flawed thinking expanded all right so can you do that yes you can do whatever you want to do should you do that probably not um and the people who promote that as a way to expand your system and as like this is a this is how you become your own banker is hogwash you know i i engage with people i talk to people every day you know my my whole team we talk to people every day and we get feedback of what they hear out in the infinite banking footprint and this is promoted you know it's like well you've got some cash value now it's time to buy another policy it's hogwash I'm not saying you shouldn't expand your system. You should expand your system. You should become your own banker. Right? It takes the average bear uh, quite some time to control the whole banking function as it relates to them. So, you know, borrowing money just to borrow money, you know, and, and then they justify the people who promote that they justify it in multiple ways fancy presentations oh you know i'm paying interest on compound or decreasing balance and i'm earning interest on a compounding balance you know listen when you borrow money from the life insurance company you're collateralizing your cash value one of the most valuable assets that you have one of the most valuable flexible powerful financial tools that you have you must maintain control of outstanding loans all right, and if you stack and ladder a bunch of policies, you know, just think about how complicated that is, right? And I get it. There's never a problem until there's a problem. But the more complicated something is, the more fragile it is. All right, there's lots of horror stories out there. Yes, there's a, a successful story here and there. I get it. The banker can do whatever it is they want. He who has the gold makes the rules. But just because you have a cash value accumulated, now you back up and think about what it took for you mentally and physically to go through that whole thought process and then make the effort to build the capital, exchanging your, you know, your God-given abilities and talents, skills and experience to accumulate that capital to purchase a life insurance policy. Look at all that time, effort and energy. Right now, of course, you're going to accumulate cash value. Of course you are. But just because you have cash value, does that mean you have to immediately or go and collateralize that cash value to do anything? No. Right. All right. And so I know that may be a long answer to your question, but no, Nelson never stopped paying premiums on a policy. He did buy 10 pay policies. And 20 pay policies, right? He also bought policies paid to age 100 all day long. He did not ladder policies, period. So the short answer is no. Okay. Thanks for asking, DR. <laughs> okay. All right. And this question, Roy Lee asked, and this is uh, how to decide who to work with part two with Mike Revis. Question, do the same paid up additions, in parentheses, when combined with a mutual company, purchase additional death benefit every year, in effect, increasing cash values exponentially over time. 
Um, and so, kind of. Okay, look. If I pay a PUA premium, and look, premium is premium. If I send a check to the life insurance company, it's either premium or loan repayment. And if it is a premium, I may have riders on that policy. There's a whole life policy, a base whole life policy it's referred to quite often. Then I'll have riders on there. A paid up addition rider, that's the most important rider when it comes to the infinite banking concept. And then I may have a term rider. There could be a blended PUA where it mixes the PUA rider with the term component, an annual renewable term component. And then I may have other riders on there that that you and your professional advisor agent have worked through and determined what's in your best interest. Okay. When I pay a premium, and when I pay a PUA premium, that PUA premium purchases additional death benefit. That's what I am paying up. Paid up additions. Paid up additional death benefit. Okay. And then there's a very high component of cash value. The majority of a PUA premium payment is cash value. All right. And so that additional cash value purchases additional dividends. All right. Those additional dividends are then paid into the PUA. I'm going out into the future. If I pay a PUA premium today, I get a multiple. Let's say I pay a, a $1,000 PUA premium. I'm Depending on my age, I'm going to get an increased death benefit. It may be $1,500, $1.5 times a premium. It could be $2,000, two times a premium. If I'm young and uber healthy, it could be three times a premium, $3,000 increase in death benefit. Okay? So there is an increase in that year. Now, there's going to be an increase in cash value. If I pay a $1,000 PUA, uh, let's say there's $900, $950 increase in cash value, whatever it is. There's going to be an increased cash value. That increase in cash value in year two and every year into the future buys additional dividends, causes my dividends to go up. Those dividends will be paid into the PUA on a properly structured policy. Those dividends buy additional death benefit. It's just dollar for dollar most of the time. So if the dividend's $1,000, I'm going to have a $1,000 increase in death benefit. But it's going to increase my cash value, which then, again, increases the future dividends. So the short answer is yes, but the PUA purchases in that year increased death benefit. And in that year, increased dividend. It's the future dividends that continues to cause the increase, creating that exponential curve. In this question... Why is the infinite banking concept never clear? It's always an hour-long video with no clarity. Honesty is brief and to the point. I'm not a fan of Dave Ramsey, but he can explain IBC in one sentence. Well, David, um, you have the opportunity to, to learn about the infinite banking concept without listening to hour-long videos, if you choose. And you could do that by reading Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, his first book, and then his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. And then there's a six-and-a-half-hour video of him, Nelson Nash, giving his live presentation. So if you really wanted to learn about the infinite banking concept, that would be, in my encouragement, how you would do it. But you're, you're like, it's always an hour-long video with no clarity. 
And I'm telling you, you might consider Nelson's six and a half hour video. So, you know, it might be a challenge for you. I mean, to, to be willing to do that. I don't, no disrespect, okay? But honesty and, and is brief and to the point. I mean, I, I agree that honesty is a virtue and brevity is a virtue as well. No question. If Nelson could have conveyed the idea in two hours, he would have done it. So if your limit is an hour long video, then this is probably not for you. And that's okay. But if you if one would want to learn the infinite banking concept on their own from the horse's mouth, I mean, that would be my encouragement, not relying on, you know, financial uh, entertainers like Dave Ramsey, you know, explain IBC in one sentence. That's ridiculous. It can't be done in one sentence. And then, you know, Nelson said, and here's a great point. Nelson said many times that most people's understanding of life insurance is based on someone else's misconception. And that's what we have going on here. So my encouragement would be to educate yourself. But if an hour long video or an hour of your time is the limit, then this is not for you. Here's a question that I've um, been looking forward to answering and have made several attempts to answer it and, you know, technical issues, uh, triggering issues, uh, prevented uh, the release of the answer to this question. Right, but it's a very good question. And Daniel asked the question on inflation fears or inflated fears on episode 85. What's James's problem with the second edition of Nelson's book? Okay, to be clear, we're talking about the second edition of his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. And Daniel, here's my problem with the second edition. I have the first edition. And in the first edition, there are several endorsements that were removed. One of them being mine. And here's my problem. My endorsement of this book was taken out in the printing of the second edition. When Nelson Nash himself withheld the printing of this book, waiting on my endorsement, I was the last one that he asked right, to submit an endorsement. I'm the last endorsement. And he held up the printing of this book waiting for my endorsement. He thought my endorsement was important enough to hold up the printing of it. And here in the second edition, my endorsement isn't in there. Now, there's other endorsements that are not in there either. And I might agree that they should be taken out. I don't know, but I don't think mine should have been taken out. That's my problem. Uh, Daniel, that's my problem with it. So, and I'm reading from, like I said, my first edition copy signed by Nelson Nash himself to me personally. But here's my endorsement. In 2005, after 14 years of success in the life insurance and financial services industry, several designations and literally thousands of hours of training and CE coursework, I finally learned the truth about money because of the inspired original work of R. Nelson Nash in Becoming Your Own Banker. It is an absolutely powerful yet simple paradigm shift in the economic thinking and human action of the individual. Now, with building your warehouse of wealth, Nelson eloquently expands the understanding of money, human action, and the power of the reader's thinking 
Nelson's a mentor, Leonard E. Reed would be proud. Building your warehouse of wealth and becoming your own banker should be required reading in every life in, of every life insurance agent, insurance company home office employee, and every financial practitioner of any sort. As a matter of fact, this is an absolute must read if you have any interest in the truth about money. James Nethery, uh, 20 plus year veteran of the life insurance and financial services industry. So that's my endorsement in his original or his the first printing of his second book that is not in the second edition of his book. So Daniel, thank you for that question and allowing me the opportunity to answer it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have a question that you would like answered, email me at james at bankingwithlife.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. <music>